Hello and welcome to the Womanifester podcast. I'm your host, Katie J. I'm a women's empowerment coach and a mentor to badass, game-changing women. I'm here to share insights, practices, and resources that help me and my clients manifest with ease. It's my hope that you'll apply what you learn in this podcast to your life. When you embody these practices and mindset shifts on a daily basis, you will notice profound shifts in your life. My clients and listeners tell me that after working with me, they have a deeper trust in themselves, a better relationship with their own inner wisdom, and they are more alive and awakened to their inner joy and happiness. If you want more energy, more self-love, more abundance, and better relationships, then tune in for your daily dose of motivational messages from me and my special guests. If you're ready to live life as your most authentic self and manifest faster and easier than ever before, then you've come to the right place. Thank you for joining. Let's dive in. Welcome back to the Womanifestor podcast. I am so honored to have Christina. And Christina is an energetic coach. She helps women create limitless lives through their own energy. She has rewilding retreats. She does group coaching and mentorship. And she also is a part of the Austin Rewild Festival. So I'd love to dive into all of these things and more. But first, I want to have Christina introduce herself. Tell us who you are and how you got where you are right now. Thank you so much, Katie. I'm so excited to be here. You know, when I think about the work that I do and what I help women with, at its root is about reclaiming our wild femininity. And What that means to me and my expression and how I facilitate is having a relationship with mother nature and the universe and mind, body, spirit, and community is really reclaiming that direct cord that we have that allows us to wake up each morning and really remember who we actually are, not who we are in relation to the external noise that is pulling away from us, but really who we are at a very like foundational soul level. And for me, gosh, I mean, to give you the long story short about how I got into this work, You know, I grew up in a family that loved nature. Like I was really, really lucky to grow up in a family that prioritized being outside. And we took a lot of our, like during spring break and summers, we were camping and fishing and hiking. And that was a really big component of my life. But when I got to college and really like after college, I really hit a really rough period in understanding my sensitivity. Since I was probably like 14 or 15, I always felt this like energetic pull away from myself and not understanding my energy and how to keep my boundaries. And so much of my life, Katie, felt overwhelming. Like I would get excited, but overwhelmed. And then I'd overcommit and not have boundaries and end up in a mess. And this culminated for me in really my relationship with alcohol. Like when I really studied that, 
really understood why I was drinking, why I was coping, why I was using it to like really numb the overwhelm that I was feeling, I felt like that's when my real reclamation of my energy started is really when I got to that thing that I was using to numb my sense of overwhelm because I didn't have the energetic tools to be with myself and to understand how I could direct my energy. Prior to that, I felt like my life was all about a reaction. I was always reacting and not planning. Does that make sense? (laughs) Yes, it does. So what caused that shift in you to realize like, okay, this is not how I want to live my life? I felt like The moment I started feeling like when I woke up in the morning and all I would look forward to is the end of the day when I could have my glass of wine, I felt like that's when things got scary for me. I felt like that's when I was like, what am I living for? Like, what am I working towards? I was working, I've always been in the in the wellness, at the intersection of the wellness and travel industry, I was working in corporate wellness as a personal trainer and nutrition coach. And I was seeing clients all day long and I'd come home and drink. I started waking up in the morning, Katie, and feeling like that's what I look forward to. I mean, I had like a come to something moment of like, I cannot live like this because I had this like, flash of what my life would be like in the future. If I kept up this habit, it could get worse. It could really get out of control. And so I really made the decision. Like once I started realizing that's what I was looking forward to, I was like, I can't live my life like this. Like my life is beautiful. I am beautiful. And I know that like I can create something that is more in alignment with how I'm actually supposed to live my life. Is that how you were raised? Like, were you raised to view your life as like, I have so much potential, I'm not meeting that potential right now? Or is that something that you feel like you downloaded later on in life? No, I absolutely. I mean, I was really lucky. Like my mom was the breadwinner in my family. She was an entrepreneur and she was such a good example of like what, you know, a strong feminine leadership can do. But I will say she was very masculine in her approach to life. And so I being a very sensitive person didn't have a good model for like energetics and energy and overdoing it. And I think that because of that, I really suffered. So I had a good model in terms of like what women can do and putting your foot forward. And like, I always felt really motivated, but I didn't have those containers for understanding energy that was never taught to me. It was never demonstrated. It was never nurtured in that way for me growing up. Okay. So My next question is, what is energy? How do you explain energy to somebody who has no idea what you're talking about? I mean, it's something that you and I will use casually in conversation, you know, whether we're recording or not, but there are a lot of people out there that are like, what is she talking about? Absolutely. (laughs) That's a really great question. I think of energy is how we occupy time and space. I think of energy as where are we directing the entities of our mind, our body, and our spirit at a given time. I think that once we can take a dissection of our lives and looking like in the morning, in the evening, in the afternoon, like where am I actually putting my body? Where am I putting my mind? Is it on mindless information and consumption? Is it on personal development? Is it on drinking or drugs? Like I think of it as like how we are occupying our time and what the space around that looks like. I love that explanation. Beautifully said. Thank you. So 
you're a coach that focuses on the energetics of an individual. Correct. In relation to self, community, and mother nature, like that kind of paradigm. So it starts at the root. Like that's why my business is called the rooted method. So I start when thinking about self, like, okay, who I am, who am I without anything else? Like externally, parents, environment, job, relationship, kids, whatever that is. Like, what are my interests? What is going on there first? Then we look at the micro environment, more about like the office, the home, the community, the relationships. Then looking at mother nature, how much time am I spending outside? Like, how do I access the type of energy of the ground, of the sky, of the sunlight. And then we look at it from a universal standpoint. So how am I tapping into universal frequencies that go beyond the world, that go again, kind of beyond that time and space continuum. It's from those four levels of energy is how I coach, how I help facilitate women to better understand that they can create it all within themselves. And that's it. That's, I feel like the secret to so much of life is like, if I can really understand like where I'm putting my, my mind and my body in relation to these four aspects that really make up all of life and all of the cosmos, if you will, I think that that's when we get a better understanding of how we can guide our own selves, how we can be our own teachers, our own healers, our own practitioners into creating the type of life that feels good to us. Something that I run into a lot is what you just described is the exact work that what the world needs. Like you, what you're doing, the world needs so, so much of it. But I think I always get caught up in this, this mindset of like, but nobody's asking for that in those terms. Do you feel like the people who you are working with are coming to you and they're like, I want to learn how to do this? Or is there an education piece where you're saying, this is why you're experiencing a reality that you don't like, I can show you how to change that. Or where does your messaging lie? That's a really great question. I love that you articulated it that way. I think that, no, to short answer your question, most of the women that come to me are looking for two major things. They're looking for community. So they, like all my programs and retreats are structured where community is the core. So like we meet online consistently over a period of months. We meet, you know, for six days on a retreat. So that's absolutely number one. Like the heart of what people are seeking is like a very safe, grounded, safe being the key word where they can explore their energy, emotions, and connections. That's absolutely the number one. Because what's cool out of that is when you seek that type of environment, what happens naturally through the relationships and through the container and being witness is you start to develop those understanding and connections with the four pillars that I mentioned early of self, of physical environment, of nature, and of the universe, if that makes sense. It's like that's, that's the number one thing that women come to me and seek is having that like safe ongoing container, not a session, not a month, more intensive experiences that are like four to six months long or a week long or, you know, a weekend, more of that intense connection. Number two, women 
come to me to just understand how they can connect to nature. Like maybe they can't articulate themselves that, oh, if you do breath work and grounding in this way, you're going to connect to your queen archetype. Like that's not something that women initially are coming to me for. They just know intuitively that there's more out there with mother nature. There's more lessons and I help guide them back to what those lessons are for them. I love that you say guide them back. It's already in them. Yes, exactly. You know, it's a reclamation. All I'm helping women do is sift through their own rubble so they can discover their own answers because it's not about what I'm teaching. All the things I'm teaching are trying to facilitate the person to go back to themselves and their own human experience because we all come from different backgrounds and different perceptions and different understandings. And what nature may mean to me may be very different than what it means for you. And that's what I want to help women is reclaim their own energetic relationship to that motherly feminine energy that will help guide them to the lives and the potential that they can have in their lives. We need to do a retreat together in 2021. Yeah. I know, I'm sure you've already planned it out. <laughs> planned actually, out 2020. <laughs> no, I've already actually, I was sitting in a meditation the other day and I was like, I had a download. I was like, Katie and I are probably going to do a retreat together. In the yeah. Because that was everything you post. I'm like, oh my God. She's like my sister in this. She gets it. Like <laughs> the, the energy that mother nature has and what it does. You know, what I love, Katie, sorry if I'm going off on a tangent, but I think it's important for your listeners and like who follow you. What I love about what you articulate is that being in nature is in an abundant experience in itself. Mm. And like, I feel like the way that you choose to live your life automatically allows you to teach and embody that because you're in it every day. And I think that's a key piece I always try to say is like, just getting outside as much as you can, you're automatically energetically kind of moving towards where you need to be because mother nature herself is abundant. Mm -hmm. And it's like, you know, if money were not a thing, like if, if I didn't have to worry about it, if like it wasn't a thing that I even thought about, where would I choose to spend my time? Yes. Yes, exactly. <laughs> One thing that you listed on your intake form, you said manifestation, abundance, quantum leap growth, mm -hmm. and tuning into nature to mm -hmm. have your abundance reflected back to you. I was like, oh, I'm so excited for this call. <laughs> <laughs> but the element of that that jumped out at me is the quantum leap because mm -hmm. We currently parked for the winter in an RV park and the RV, you know how RVs all have different funny names? I don't know if uh -huh. you've ever noticed that, like uh -huh. Arctic Fox and ours is Bounder and like, you know, so they all have different ones. The one directly across from my meditation seat in the morning is called Quantum. <laughs> <gasps> no way. Yeah. Yeah. And I was like, okay, okay. So I want to talk about Quantum Leap Growth. Absolutely. I love that. And actually, I love that you mentioned that because a big part of what I teach is like looking for symbols and connections in the environment. So that I feel like that's so directed to your life and exactly where you need to be. Exactly. Um, for me, I think of quantum growth is really about collapsing time and really getting out of the model of the Western Gregorian calendar that says, you know, this happens on this day and the time structures that we have created are really artificial and more mechanized that are not in 
congruence with the natural energy and laws of the universe. And what I mean by that is things cycle a lot quicker than we think that they do. And things change a lot quicker than we think that they do. But because of the way that our culture has been kind of taught is that, you know, X happens at this time and it's going to take this long and you're going to do it in this amount of time. And I think that that model of learning can be very dangerous for how we think about growth. And I think about quantum leap growth as collapsing that outdated model of linear time into more thinking that like magic can happen in any moment. You can make $10,000 tomorrow. You could decide that in a week you're going to go backpack. Those are two just random examples, but it, I think being in that frequency of remembering that time does not have to be linear and growth can be whatever you want it to be. It's just back to that intention of believing and trusting and allowing yourself to feel it fully in your body so you can collapse time, so you can get closer to a reality that you may have thought of being as way farther away than it actually is. Okay. So I I feel like you just explained that beautifully. So often, even I get confused sometimes with the like, how do we explain quantum leaps? But that is like just collapsing time. And I think as an entrepreneur, it's easy to get wrapped up in the like, well, you know, it's going to take me this amount of years in order to start seeing the kind of income that I want to see. And then on the opposite side, there's the attention grabbing headlines that are like how I made 50K in 30 days. Is that something that stands out to you at all as an entrepreneur who also is familiar with this type of manifestation tool? Can you say the question again one more time? Like thinking about where we put our energy in terms of thinking about like what we're allowed to collapse time for kind of? Right, exactly. Like there's these traditional timelines that you mentioned and to what extent do we allow those to dictate our reality? Absolutely. And that's such a great question. And the way that I'll answer that is I think there's, it's so dangerous to think if you start a business that any goal should be like, okay, I'm going to make a hundred thousand dollars in my first year of business. And absolutely like that is possible for some people. I've seen people do it, but I think the more important kind of unraveling, unpacking question to do is thinking about your needs and lifestyle. And again, that kind of goes back to the root of like who you are as a person, because I think that what happens, Katie, I've seen it a lot in in myself, certainly in the beginning of my business and other women who have similar businesses, is that we project what numbers and things that we want before understanding what does my life actually cost? What am I actually saving? Because I think that those types of analyses are important first before thinking about like this quantum growth, because what can happen, for example, is you could really spend time with your calendar and your money and like, okay, how much do I need to save? Where can I cut back? And then you could create a program that is six months long, three months long and makes, you know, 20 to $30,000. And that could help carry you six months, whatever you set up schedule for. My point in saying all of this is I think that 
it's easy in the like egoic kind of Western mind to think like, I need to make this amount of money in a year. And we get caught up in, oh my gosh, this month's a little slower. But what if you just think more about where can I make bigger pops of money in this entrepreneurial, like coaching lifestyle, because that will offset the months or the weeks that may be slower, but you're already collapsing time because in those moments that you're not making money, you're educating yourself more. You're growing relationships. You're growing your own energy and understanding of your body. And that time spent in those spaces is automatically pushing you towards the lifestyle and the financial gain that you want. And I hope that makes sense, but that's the way that I see it. In the down periods, you're still making money, quote unquote, because you're investing in yourself. And that is your biggest asset in life is who you are, like how you move your energy in the world versus thinking like, okay, I have to be making all this pressure to have all this money in this amount of time when you may not even be giving yourself the opportunity to step back and process and evaluate if it's something that is even right for you. I'm so glad you said that. I'm so (laughs) glad you said it like that too. Yeah. I mean, I'll just like give a perfect example. Like in my business of the 12 months in the year, I'm only making money for about seven of the months, but they're bigger chunks of money that help fuel the other month. How long have you been doing this business? I will hit three years in February. Congratulations. Thank you. Woo. (laughs) Woo. We're in it. I love that. And tell me about when you first got started. Did you originally know that this is exactly what you would be doing three years later or did your vision shift over time? It absolutely shifted. Now I will say at the root, like my mission has always remained the same. But the way I have articulated it, embodied it, taught it, and structured it has changed. So in the first year and a half of my business, it was completely focused on retreats. So I was doing like a retreat every two months in West Texas, one in California and one in Idaho. I loved it, but I really got burnt out. In the beginning, when I started my business, I thought I wanted just a retreat business. So I went from personal training, one-on-one clients and small groups, getting burnt out from that, then going, okay, I want to do larger groups, have some more time. I was doing retreats and it was pretty much a one-man show. I would hire a couple of people here and there to help me, but it was just exhausting. And I also, to be honest, like I really wanted to be cultivating longer relationships with my clients. I really wanted to get back into that hybrid kind of retreat coaching model because I felt like I was limited in some of the ways that could help women heal and transform their lives by just doing retreats. So it's kind of a double thing. Me being overwhelmed by just the sheer amount of time and effort it takes to do like seven retreats in a year. And then for me wanting to have more impact and longevity in the relationships in my community. It was really actually about a year and a half ago when I really decided like I'm going to restructure my business to where it's more like 60% group coaching programs and 40% retreats. Is that how it is right now? Yes. And it feels way better. 
Oh, way better. Good. Yeah. It's amazing. It, it's a win-win for everyone. I have more consistency in my income. I feel like I'm getting, you know, better results for my clients and I still get to do the retreats. It's not the pressure of always having to like promote, 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 which is just exhausting. Yeah. I totally get that. If someone listening to this right now really resonated with your message, in what way could they work with you? So I do virtual group coaching once a year. And that starts in January. It's called my Wild Woman Unleashed program. So if you're not from Austin or Texas, you can participate in that. If you are in Austin, happen to be listening, I do my six-month group coaching program called Gaia's Compass that is hybrid in-person online. I do the Austin Rewild Festival. So people from out of state come in town for that. And that is the end of October. And then I have lots of free content as well. My newsletter, I I have a newsletter that I put a lot of time into and I try to give a lot of education and resources, especially about energy and embodiment with mother nature. So I have both virtual and in-person Austin programming. I love getting messages on Instagram. I communicate a lot with people on Instagram. So if people have questions, feel free to reach out to me. It's a conversation like I love really having. Hello, beautiful soul. I'm briefly interrupting this episode to tell you about a free mini course I made just for you. It's called The Science and Spirituality of Manifesting. As a mentor and coach, I hear a lot of misconceptions about what manifestation is and how to do it effectively. So I made this three-day course plus a bonus Q&A to break down these concepts in easily digestible chunks. Go to womanifester.com and put your name and email, and over the next four days, you'll receive an email from me with instructional videos and worksheets. I can't wait to hear about the breakthroughs and aha moments that come from this course. Head on over to womanifester.com to enroll today. Okay, back to the episode. So before we pressed record, you asked me what the energy of 2019 was since we're in the last month of 2019 officially. And I want you to answer that same question, but on the air this time. And I'm so glad you asked me that again. For me in 2019, I felt like was all about the power of consistency and really planning, you know, really being in that more masculine mode of like, what does each month of my year look like? So what I did last year, if this is helpful for anyone who's a coach and entrepreneur that really, really changed my business is in January of last year, I went to my meditation space. I got a big whiteboard and I made quadrants of every month of the year. And I put themes and I put when my programs would start, when they would end, where my retreats, and most importantly, where am I resting? Like, where am I actually taking the time to not touch business, to really focus on rejuvenating my own energy? How much money am I trying to make in these spaces? And really thinking about that. And you know why this was helpful is I actually changed a lot of things once I saw it on a whole year. Like when I saw it on a year scale, I was like, oh, I actually can't do that retreat here because it's too much of my time and not enough money to make it work. So I felt like doing that. And yes, it took some time. It took me like a weekend to really like map it out, think it out, talk it out with some of my friends to see if it made sense. It really set me up well for the year. It set me up for just how I would be in my sales processes, how I would be in my serving processes, because that's something very real that we all have to think about is like, when are we serving 
and when are we creating? That's kind of how I think about it. Like when are we serving our clients and our community in, in, in whatever capacity? And then when are we creating the sales pages, creating the marketing, creating the infrastructure around that? Because too often we can kind of go one end or the other and it cannot feel balanced. I hope that was helpful because it really, it was a game changer for me that one of my mentors really helped me with. I'm so glad you mentioned mentors because that was my next question for you. Yes. Who are your mentors? Oh gosh. Okay. Top I'll, five. <laughs> five. Um, Jolie Dawn. She really helped me change my business. She actually was in Austin, but she moved back to San Diego. She has an incredible company called Prosperity Queendom. Um, she's pretty well known in the feminine embodiment energy community. And she helps women make infrastructure in their businesses who do work specifically like you and I do, Katie. So Jolie Dawn. Number two, Lydia Jajora. She is one of my dear friends and peers in Austin. Austin. She has a company called Lunar Nourishment, and she teaches women really how to connect on a really deep level with the moon in their cycle. Number three, Rachel Muskies. She is also a business owner in Austin, but she has a product, Turmeric Paste. If you're in, in the product industry in any capacity, whether it's food or creating or just anything, honestly, I recommend you check her out. Rachel Muskies of Curcuma, Austin. Ginger Webb, she's an herbalist in Austin as well. And she's really helped me in my relationship to the plants and thinking about like how we have journeys with them and how our abundance is reflected back and really just always deepening that intrinsic relationship. The fifth one, I would probably say a woman named Camille Macri's in Austin. She's based in California originally too, but she runs a business called School of Inner Beauty. And her business model is a little bit similar to mine in that it's community-based, like really bringing in sisterhood. But all those women you can check out. And really, if I think about it, what those women have all taught me is different levels of needs that I have in my life. So I've got the business coaching that I've needed, the embodiment coaching, my relationship to the moon and the plants, and then creating the infrastructure around community. Like all those women have given me very specific things that I have, have needed to have balance and beautiful abundance in my life. That is an awesome list. I don't think I recognized a single one of them, but I'm like so excited to go check them out. <laughs> yeah. I mean, they're all awesome. Yeah. And especially if you're looking for like the business infrastructure, like I definitely recommend you check out Jolie Dawn. I mean, she has just such a great reputation of really helping women in the energetic spaces of, you know, who do work like us to really monetize and make infrastructure around it. And that's something that is so, so needed. I definitely sometimes, I mean, I, I have a business coach. She specifically works with coaches as well. And I think that it's so, so important for me to also have my spiritual mentor, to have a mentor that speaks specifically about manifestation. And that's mm -hmm. what I love about your list that you were like, it's so specific by industry. And that reminds people that there's so many niches out there. Like you can serve in such a beautiful way through your own interests, passions, talents, gifts, et cetera. And and I'm so glad you spoke to that, Katie, because I feel like if there was like one overarching theme and everything is I believe it is so crucial to create from a space that actually reflects who you are and not someone you're trying to impress. And that may seem like, of course, duh, obviously, but I really think that in this day and age, it can be really easy to be creating programs and offerings based on what other people are doing. And people will feel if it's not, if it's not in alignment with 
that energy, if that makes sense. And I think that there's, you know, there always are going to be hard days and hard times and periods in any business. That's just the nature of going out on your own. I feel like what carries each of us through the periods that are hard is remembering that we're creating from a space that is a reflection of who we are. Like the way I create my business is 100% authentically what I believe and what I practice. And if there's any time that I feel like I, I may put something out there in the past that was me not really being in alignment with myself, it shows. So I feel like it's just like the more we can all choose to be making services and products that we 100% can get behind. Only magic can happen in the long term because I feel like that's just the laws of the universe is when you are in 100% alignment, over time, you will be rewarded for that authentic effort. Mm, yes, that authentic effort. I love that. Obviously, this is the Womanifestor podcast. And one thing that I want to get into the habit of asking everybody is what is your manifestation process? Yes, I love this. Okay. <laughs> so I'm going to speak to this in two ways, if that's okay. My first is absolutely my sacred morning rituals. Like I take my mornings very seriously, no matter where I am, if I'm at home, if I'm traveling. And what that looks like for me is I wake up early in the morning between 5 and 5.30 because I believe that that's when our brains are most primed. I go get a cup of warm lemon water and I go into my meditation space in my office and I sit there first in total silence. My phone is on airplane. I do not look at it. That's a big piece of my morning practice and manifestation. And I just allow myself to absorb whatever is happening in my brain, allow myself to wake up. I do that for about five minutes. Then I do about five, six minutes of breath work. And I do holotropic breath work. I do kundalini breath work just to invite, again, that new expansive energy in. And then sometimes I'll just sit there and let that energy flow through me. But more often than not, I am visualizing my day, my most badass, sensual, sexy, turned on day, how I'm going to be with my clients, how I'm going to be on sales calls, how I'm going to be in my downtime. I visualize my day. And if I'm in a launch period or a few months out from a big program or retreat, I fully tap into feeling all those men, all those women, all of that experience as if it's already happened. I really tap into those elevated emotions in my body because I believe that is the key to manifesting is fully feeling it before it happens, is mimicking it in your heart and in your gut so your brain and your body can be in antenna and attracting it. So I spend time doing that. And then I usually close that out by doing a gratitude list. I have a gratitude journal as every morning I write 10 things I'm grateful for. And then once again, I read it and feel it fully in my body. So for me, Katie, a big part of my manifestation is fully feeling the gratitude, love and appreciation in my heart and in my gut fully in the morning before I have any other stimulation. That's number one. Big piece of my second manifestation practice is absolutely actually being out in nature, like we've kind of talked about on this podcast. At least once a week, I, I mean, every day I'm in nature, I always go on nature walks outside my house or at a park, but at least once a week, I'm making an effort to go out for like two or three hours. And once a month, I make an effort to camp or to go to an Airbnb that is really in nature that reminds me of 
who I am as a soulful wild woman without any of the external noise. So those two pieces are really my kind of like manifestation, law of attraction practices that are just a really integral part of my life. I'm so glad you mentioned your morning routine. I've watched a few of your stories about it before. How long does that usually take you? From like waking up to finishing, I'd say from everything, probably about 25 to 30 minutes. And then once or twice a week, I do like much longer, more like shamanic journey visualizations that are more like 45 minutes to an hour. But I can honestly say that I think that my business grew because of my morning routine. I love hearing that. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, really. And and it's almost the crazy thing, Katie, is like the more time I spend with my own energy and it's so we are always learning what we teach and it's just crazy, but I see all these connections and symbols and just miracles happen because the less I just care about, you know, the external noise and just focus on what I can do with my own energy, like the more things just happen. Absolutely. And I recently, you mentioned like numbers and symbols and things like that. I recently had an experience where I broke my phone and I was like, I've been thinking about getting a new phone. I run my business off of my phone. It's time to up level and went to AT&T, got the download, get this free phone, upgrade to a business plan. Okay. That's going to be double what I've been paying. (laughs) Like, you know, like, do I hold my business back by not committing to this business plan and getting this free phone and this upgrade seems very aligned or do I say yes to this and allow it to grow? And I said yes. And ever since then, I've been seeing all of these double numbers everywhere. <gasps> oh, that's amazing. Oh, yeah. doesn't that, and, and doesn't that just feel like you're almost like having a conversation with the universe? It's like, okay, I see you. <laughs> that's just so cool. I love hearing that. And that's why I like having people like you on this podcast, because then people can hear, wow, she really is using a morning routine to manifest like these examples that I want to share more of these types of things with my audience so that, you know, it kind of solidifies this, this works. This is something that actually happens. It does. There's only one last thing I want to kind of unpack. And I think that where people get tripped up with law of attraction, manifestation is thinking that it's going to happen tomorrow, you know, and if it doesn't, then we're doing something wrong. And I think that that is the big fallacy in the whole process. It's not about the timeline. It's about always choosing to be in that frequency regardless of what's happening, because that's where the magic is, is when you're already creating that internal experience in your body every day as much as you can, that will automatically, again, move you towards where you need to be. And letting go of the expectation of of the timeline around that actually allows that quantum growth to happen. Absolutely. I'm very glad that you brought that up. One thing that you mentioned earlier regarding not necessarily your morning routine, but you said um, on a monthly basis, or maybe you said weekly basis, you go into these more deeper meditations. Have you read Becoming Supernatural? Yes. Okay. And you know how he has the different meditations that you can buy that he references throughout the book? Yes. I've already bought two of them. Okay. Me too. We attracted each other. (laughs) The one that I bought, I can't even remember what it's called exactly. Anyway, in the meditation, he says to become no thing, no Mm -hmm. one, and no time, no space. And for the longest time, I was like, what does he mean by that? And I finally experienced it for the first time. And I backed off of that meditation. I was doing it every morning at 
I think it was 4.30 I was doing it. And then, and that's where I was like kind of getting stuck in the sleep. So I backed off and then I came back to it a few months later. And that's when I had that experience. It helps that I have some coworkers who I can talk to about these types of things. But I'm wondering if that's something that you've experienced or you've had conversations about recently, that reference to the no one, no thing. Absolutely. I'm so glad you brought that up. I've actually done that meditation and I did it a few times before I bought one of his guided ones. But for me, I think where I have the deepest experience of being no thing, no one is actually when I'm out camping and do long visualizations or meditations there because I feel like it's in those spaces where you get rid of your identity. You know, you're not a man, you're not a woman, you're not a human, you're just energy. And I think that like when we can get on a macro level and think about nature in that way, back to Buddhist mentality of like non-attachment, I think that's the biggest thing that he's trying to say and what's so important that we all remember is like just not being attached and not relying on that expectation. And for me, I have found the greatest experiences within my own mind when I've done those in nature or having like a really profound experience, like thinking about being in nature, if that makes sense. That's where I always feel like I just become not a person and just a reflection of all living things. Yeah. I love that you mentioned camping because even just living somewhere with hills, like the hill country of Mm -hmm. Austin, Texas, or, you know, the mountains where you can go and have a perspective shift and Mm -hmm. see like, wow, I am so small. That little town that I live in is like so small from up here, (laughs) you know? Exactly. (laughs) It takes the pressure off. It makes us, again, gets out of our ego minds. If I fail at this, then I'm nobody. It's just like, it takes the pressure off. We're all just flits of energy. And the more we can detach from the outcome of that and who we think we're supposed to be and what we think we should have by a certain age. And that's where the juicy magic happens is the releasing of those expectations. Mm -hmm. What are your views and beliefs will say on death? Mm, I love that question. I absolutely believe that we are reincarnated. I believe that we have souls that travel, talking about time and space, go beyond time and space. And I believe that one of the beautiful things about looking at our lives while we're here in this body at this time is knowing that we have the opportunity to not repeat patterns from previous lifetimes and that we can change patterns that will help us in another lifetime. And for me, in the way I've wrapped my head around it, I have separated it as as almost like that remembrance and divine cord that we travel through space and time. We may not consciously understand it from a basic standpoint, but I do believe that after we die, our souls are reborn in another way. And I'm not sure yet whether I believe, you know, that's through a tree or a plant or an animal or another person, but I do think that there is life after death, but it's not in the the type of maybe conscious way that we think. I don't know if I answer that, but that's how I, I think of it in my head. <laughs> Absolutely. I feel like you answered it really well because you even left some room in there, some wiggle room in there. It's like, I believe this much. And then there's this section that I, I don't really have a way to explain that. And that's okay. You know, it's, you don't have to, we don't have to know everything. 
Absolutely. Yeah. And sometimes when I'm camping, I look up at the stars and I wonder like, you know, maybe I'll be a star next time. Maybe I'll be a plant. I don't know. Yes. And I'm glad that you brought up the plant and star too, because sometimes Tucker and I will have conversations about whether or not humans are the most evolved species on earth. You know, maybe dogs are, I don't know. Like they just, they have a pretty nice life. (laughs) Absolutely. No, I love that you said that. I mean, it's true. It's like, I definitely think that we are living in a time when we're understanding that the hierarchy of humans being at the top is changing and and for good. I think that, you know, we have to always remember that humans wouldn't be alive without the other animals and without the other plants. I think we always have to have that, that reciprocity in that relationship. Mm-hmm. Well, Christina, that's all the questions that I have for you. I'm really grateful that you felt so comfortable to dive deep with me on some of these topics. Yes. Thank you so much. I felt like it went by so quick. I really appreciate our resonating hearts and minds and I'm really excited to share more. Yeah, me too. I know that your time and energy is so, so valuable. So I want to just say thank you for stopping by today. If you enjoyed this episode, I would greatly appreciate it if you took a screenshot of you listening to it and shared it to your Instagram. Tag me at womanifester and I will be happy to share it to my Instagram story as well. This helps us spread the word about manifestation, mindset training, and all of the good juju that comes out of this type of podcast. I also love connecting with podcast listeners. So tell me what your biggest takeaway is. Tell me what your aha moments were, and I will gladly share them on my story as well. Can't wait to connect with you and I'll see you next time. Bye.